TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. We are going to recap Thursday Night Football quickly and then get into all of the games that we have going on in Week 4. A lot of crucial matchups. We're getting to the, it's almost October part of the season where, listen, you got to start paying attention to what's going on. And that is exactly what we saw last night from the Philadelphia Eagles because that team knew the Dallas Cowboys are 3-0. and they were 1-2 and two going into that game, and you saw a bit of desperation. Everybody talked about it going into this matchup that, listen, they cannot go down. They cannot be 1-3. and three. And it is tough to go on the road on Thursday night football and win a football game, and that is exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles did. Jamie, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, and maybe this is an overreaction, but my thoughts are that as I was watching this game, these are two teams that won't be making much noise come January. Uh, I thought that both defenses were – really, really left a lot to be desired. Um, Philadelphia has a little bit of an excuse, although their secondary is just bad and it's going to be bad throughout the whole season and it's not going to get any better. You know, Green Bay's inability to run the football was evident uh, throughout this game. Uh, the play, the Matt LaFleur's play calling at times was just crazy. Like Everyone's going to make a big deal about the last play, which is the interception play. That wasn't the worst call. The call is not running the ball at any point in that sequence. I understand they have a practice squad corner uh, in the game at that point, yeah. not who you're attacking. They just play it very well. It, that's not the play. That's the problem. It's the entire sequence of events that happened in the red zone. I believe they had two drives inside the 10 in the fourth quarter and came away with zero points. Yes. That's why they lost the football game. It's just both these teams are fine. Both these teams are fringe playoff teams, but they have way too many wards on both sides of the ball for these teams to be considered Super Bowl contenders by any means. Jake, your thoughts, it, mostly when we're talking about this game and we talked about it a little bit before we jumped on, just, you know, I think a, a bit of a coming back to earth about this discussion about the Green Bay Packers defense. Because for the first couple of weeks, I mean, I heard Will Kane on ESPN say this is a top five defense. And I laughed to myself and said, no, they are not. And they proved that last night because Jordan Howard looked like an all-world running back running up and down all over this football team. Jake, your thoughts on on this one and maybe what we can take away from two teams who considered themselves Super Bowl contenders going into the year. Yeah, I mean, I think the Packers' defense was extremely overrated for the first three weeks. They had some good, really solid matchups for them. And in a fantasy world, they were pretty solid. On the other hand, I said last week or the other day that I thought Philly, the, the way that they, sh- they showed me they could step on the gas pedal at halftime in a really, really bad first half against Washington in their opener, that they're solid. They may not be that solid of a team this year with all the injuries, but there's a bunch of guys on that team that have won a Super Bowl, been to the playoffs, won that coaching staff's done it to go on the road to go, okay, we're going to commit to the run. We're going to run it down their throat. We're not going to put it on Carson Wentz, who's played well all year. We're going to stop the run, put it on Aaron Rodgers, which is not really what you want to do, but I think they felt okay with it. And it worked out. It was a hell of a win on the road. They made enough plays to get it done and they hung in there. I mean, to go to two and two, they haven't played Dallas yet. It was a huge win for Philly, and, a, and to me, a really bad loss for the for the Packers, which I think exposed some of their flaws, and I think you're going to continue to see that. Yeah, I hope if you are uh, Mike Zimmer and if you are Matt Nagy, you got to be paying attention to that because Green Bay was terrible against the run. And I know in the first game, because I was there, everybody was calling for Chicago to run the football more. And 
oh, by the way, Minnesota Vikings have Dalvin Cook in their backfield. So I think everybody in this division now looked at that game and said, eh, Green Bay got exposed a little bit, right? They're at home on Thursday night. Traditionally, the home teams take care of business. Now we've seen Carolina go down at home on Thursday night and the Green Bay Packers go down at home on Thursday night. It's very rare that you see that uh, on these short Aaron Rodgers in prime time at home doesn't go down. And he did. That's, That's not good. Not only did he go down, but had two opportunities to score in the red zone, like we said, and, and couldn't get it done. Right? And had the lead in this game. They were up 7 nothing yes. early. Things were rolling. Everyone went, uh-oh, looks like the Packers. I mean, look, they, this was – I know you guys maybe didn't watch the pregame. It was one of the strangest pregames I've ever seen. Imagine this game was opening night. That's what everybody at Fox NFL Network was doing. Oh, I they know. Were, they I were saw pretending it. like this was opening night. They were pretending like Aaron Rodgers hadn't already played two games in this offense. They were pretending like they were opening the season with this new offense, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't know it, and nobody, nobody knows the plays, the offensive linemen don't. I was like, guys, this is the fourth week of the season. He's also in his 10th year of being a quarterback. Like, at a certain point, like, it, it, I mean, come on. like it, it was just strange. It was like – It was weird. They were acting like it was opening night. Oh, it's a new offense, and we're going to try to see how Aaron Rodgers – and they were just like – Buck and Aikman were hammering that point home in the first half of like, guys, this is week four. Yeah. Like, no, it's I, not week I, one. Was, I agree with you. It was very strange all around. But look, you got to give you got to give Philadelphia a lot of credit. Look, Miles Sanders looked good too in this game in his in his limited amount of touches. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz can't get if Zach Ertz gets in the end zone at some point, he would have been like the second best tight end this season. He's just he's getting a lot of the volume. He's just not getting in the end zone right now. Yeah, it was uh, it was a listen across the board. Philadelphia just looked like. They did everything they needed to do to get it done, right? And they needed that victory. You can't go one and three in that division right now with Dallas playing the way that they were when you consider yourself a contender. And they knew that, and they went in, and they played desperate, and they exposed Green Bay for exactly what they are, which is we're not sure. Good, not great. Good, not great. And offensively, they start hot in every game, and then they fizzle out. And we've seen that in every game they've played thus far. And Green Bay is the third best team in that division. I thought that all year. This did this did nothing but solidify that to me. Well, and the biggest fantasy takeaway we have to talk about from this game is Devontae Adams and his injury. Yes, I mean, obviously gets huge. Ten catches for 180 yards in this game. I mean, they were like, okay, you only got four catches last week. We're going to have you get all of the catches this week. Uh, a lot of them were easy plays. A lot of them were quick designs. He was open. Uh, but it looks like he was suffered from turf toe late in that game. You saw he got awkwardly tackled with his foot caught under him on his right toe. Uh, that seems to be what the thought is at the moment. That's not great news if you're Devontae Adams. I know you have 10 days to your next game, but that's usually those are not 10-day injuries. No, and I, I follow a lot of people that follow this team closely, whether that's in the locker room or they're a, a big fan of this football team. And a lot of them were calling for, hey, we need to call up Jordy, Jordy Nelson, who's retired. Like, they're, they're worried, right, which I think is a little bit of an overreaction. But as Jake has mentioned on this show before, because Juju was suffering from tra- – this can linger, right? This is a – I know it seems like, oh, it's just your toe, but it's your foot when you're running and you rely on your speed to separate as your, as a wide receiver. And this can linger and be an issue. So it's definitely something, obviously, Jamie mentioned, you have a little bit more time here to get healthy, which is obviously beneficial, but something you're going to want to pay attention to going forward, especially if you're a Devontae Adams owner and if you're an Aaron Rodgers owner, because that offense is yeah. going to look much different if Devontae Adams is not in that offense. That is – for sure. All right, let's get into these games. The first game we're going to get into here is the Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the Houston Texans. The Texans are a four-point favorite at home. They've been rolling. They went into LA last week and got a big victory. Jake, what do you have happening in this one? Well, I got the line again. I got the Texans 28-24. 
their defense is playing better than I thought they would. The secondary is piecemealed together, but they're playing good. Uh, Romeo Cornell, one of the best defense coordinators around. Like, I think we all forget that he's still the defense coordinator there. They've played really well against a couple of really good offenses and, and done a nice job. And their offense is – you're not stopping Hopkins. And, I, I mean, Watson's look spectacular. He is so much fun to watch. And the Panthers, I don't know what you're going to get. I don't know how much of an overreaction that was for Kyle Allen last week to be playing at home and how much of a letdown that's going to be. And now you put a week on tape of them being a traditional offense. I think Romeo Cornell have something for him. I think they get it done. So I'm right on the line, but I got a 28-24. I have the Texans as well. I think they're going to end up covering in this game. The Texans defense aren't world beaters like they were a few years ago when they had all of their playmakers everywhere, but they're better than what the Arizona Cardinals are going to put out on any given week, period, end of story. So I do expect a little bit of a coming back down to earth for Kyle Allen and the Panthers offense. McCaffrey's my RB1 this week. He's awesome. No talks about that. But if, if, you have, if you're a DJ Moore owner, I kind of have him in flex territory this week. I have him wide receiver 30. He had that one play. I think he only had two targets in that game. And again, the one play was a 52-yard touchdown, so that that saves your day. But I want to see how he is using this offense. On the Texans side of things, Watson's my QB3. I don't want to start either Texans running back. I have Hyde, my running back, 29. Duke Johnson, my running back, 34. They're just not using Duke Johnson. And now we have to deal with another. This is, what, the third or fourth coaching staff now that Duke Johnson's been a part of, that they're not using him in a bigger role. Partly, maybe that's just telling me that he cannot handle a bigger role. Uh, New Hawkins is awesome. Will Fuller is not really a start for me this week. He's wide receiver 39. But I, I, in this overall game standpoint here, I just don't think the Panthers' offense is going to be able to keep up with Houston's offense because they're going to be facing at least a legitimate defense that deserves to be in the NFL this year, unlike whatever Arizona's been putting on the field to start the season. Yes, a very, a very good point about what happened. I know there's a little bit of an overreaction in the fantasy community. Even this morning on when I was looking at start and sits, Kyle Allen's name was showing up. A little bit too often for my comfort level. QB right? nineteen. Like, yeah. If you're a two QB league, fine. Yeah. If you're a single quarterback league, even with bi- I mean bye weeks, who cares? You didn't have the, you weren't starting Darnold and Garoppolo or Luke Falk or any of these guys yeah. anyway. So no single QB league, he's not even in consideration. Like, yeah, thank you. you don't even no, he's not throwing sure. four touchdowns every week, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah I, I think we gotta you gotta understand it's the same conversation we had about tight ends, right? You're starting every tight end that plays Arizona. You're probably starting every quarterback that's playing against the Arizona Cardinals, at least until Patrick Peterson comes back, right? Like this, even then, even but, then, you're still especially, probably, yeah, especially this this next few weeks as this continues. All right, another. This is a big game, right? Because the Cleveland Browns have had a, the were almost the worst possible scenario happen for them, right? If they didn't get a victory on, if Sam Darnold plays in that game, we might be having worst possible case scenario, right? For the Cleveland Browns. Cause even without Sam Darnold, it didn't, it still wasn't they pretty. Yeah. They did not look good. They're going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. All of the talk, all of the discussion. You got Rex Ryan on national TV calling Baker Mayfield overrated. Baker Mayfield entertains everything, all the noise on the outside, which you can argue is a good thing or a bad thing, right? Puts a chip on his shoulder or is a distraction. Freddie Kitchen's getting a lot of heat for his play calling, right? A lot and very, very deserved. They are a seven-point underdog in this game. Ooh, yeah, yes, it's not good. Jake, your thoughts on, on this team and, and whether or not it's warranted kind of all the heat that, that Freddie's getting, that Baker's getting, um, and, and really that this whole entire organization is receiving at this point. Well, yeah, you had false hype. So, of course, all of it's warranted. You're one and two, and you haven't looked very good. Baker needs to, like, while I like the fact that he'll take all that and put a chip on his shoulder, 
and make him fight harder. He needs to not fight harder and just stop and slow down, take the easy stuff. When the ball comes out of his hand in under two and a half seconds, the numbers are spectacular. But right now he's panicking, leaving the pocket, trying to make plays down the field, and there's nothing there. And Joku's not on the field. Landry can't get open because he can't run. He's used to having bubble screens and all that kind of stuff. But OBJs look good. They need to go back to trying to run the ball. This is a pretty solid matchup for them, though, I think. The Ravens' defense is a little banged up. Their secondary is a little banged up. They don't rush the passer quite as well as they used to, but they still blitz like crazy. So if if, if I'm coaching and I'm Freddie, let's go run the rock. Let's give it to Chubb 25, 30 times, which is what was working for us last year when we had success. All that being said, the Ravens' offense is still really good. They're making enough plays. That Browns' defense is solid, but I got the Ravens winning at home 27-23, so I don't think they cover seven. That sounds like a lot to me, but I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. That that line surprised me. Um, I did not expect that. And I think the Ravens win this game, but I, I agree with Jake. I think the Browns cover it here. It's a weird week for Browns fantasy owners. Like, I'm not starting Baker. He's my no. QB 17. I don't feel comfortable starting him out there. Uh, obviously, that, that one stat we threw out late last week, that Daniel Jones has more fantasy points as a starting quarterback this season than Mike Baker Mayfield does. But I don't expect that to last – too much longer. That's, that's a bad stat. It yeah. sucks. But I, like, and I would be starting Daniel Jones over Baker Mayfield at it's, this point. I have, them, I have them right next to each other this yeah. week. I mean, they're uh, right, so I think they're the same play. Yeah. Um, but and look, we warned you about that in the preseason when everyone was putting Baker Mayfield in top five, and we sat back and went, eh, yeah. I'm not sure. Prove it to us. Uh, I want uh, Jake is so on the money here. If you remember the way this offense changed when they switched coaches last year, the biggest – Everyone saw the QB change, which was obviously a huge deal, but the biggest point of emphasis that changed was their ability to run the football and their willingness to run the football. I know this offensive line has been bad. It's been way worse than even I expected it to be, but they got to run Chubb. He's still a borderline RB1 this week. Beckham's been good. Odell's been good when he's been on the field, but he's not putting up eye-popping numbers because the Browns just are not playing well enough. On the other side, the only one I'm – I would be hesitant to, to play this week's Hollywood Brown. He's my wide receiver 31. I just think there's going to be a lot of boomer bust. He's now, this is now back to normal Ravens come territory. Back, come back everybody. to reality. So yeah. These are going to be more like what you see in a normal week. Mark Ingram's RB 19, uh, you know, with, with Kittle on a bye. Andrews was up to tight end four. Like this is kind of what you're going to see on a given week. I still have Lamar Jackson QB two this week. That's probably a little high, but I don't see any reason why he still can't put up these numbers until they slow him down, which somebody will slow him down soon enough. But He's putting up big numbers, but Ravens win this game. But I think seven's a lot to ask of them. Yeah, I think seven, seven's a lot to cover, right? Touchdown, I well, I saw that line this morning and I thought, ooh, that's a little high, right? Um, I, maybe a little bit of an overreaction. I think as we've talked about on the show, we expected Baltimore to come back to reality, right? And and, and they did a little bit even last week. Lamar, Lamar threw some god-awful throws. I mean, some of the worst. And we, yeah, don't, those, we talked about those them. Those two jump balls. Deserve to be intercepted yeah. 100 times out of 100. Exactly. It and, is what it is. And that wasn't a great defense, right? So they're playing a – I know Cleveland's defense is, hasn't been elite this year, but they're a, a better defense. This is going to be the probably the best defense they've faced thus far. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I, I think that it's, I think it's probably a, a field goal, four-point game. I, I don't think they cover the seven points here. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we've talked about, Patrick Mahomes playing in a dome for the first time in his career. This will be fun to watch. He's a seven-point favorite going on the road to play Matthew Stafford and the technically undefeated, undefeated Detroit, yeah, Detroit, Detroit Lions, Lions, which makes me want to vomit. Uh, okay, 
the as I said, touchdown favorite Kansas City Chiefs going on the road. I like Stafford a lot this week from a fantasy perspective. Jake, do you agree? Yeah, I like Stafford a lot. I think they're going to hang in there for a while, but I think the Chiefs get it done. They just have too much. I'm really excited to see what Patrick Mahomes does in the dome, uh, unless he has some kind of jacked up eye issue like you have in the Final Four when they play in football stadiums. <laughs> but uh, I can't imagine that's going to happen. I got the Chiefs covering that 30 to 21. Uh, I don't know who's going to have the big day because it doesn't really matter to Pat Mahomes. He throws it to whoever's open, and he does whatever he needs to do to get it done. So it's really hard from a fantasy point. Uh, it sounds like McCoy's going to play. I think he will have a big day if he does. Um, and I think I think a lot of the Lions are startable. I mean, this Kansas City defense is not great, and Stafford's been good. Yeah, a lot of points, a lot of points to be had in this game. Uh, just a, it doesn't look like Damian Williams is going to play, but McCoy is a low-end RB2 for me. Uh, I think even Darrell Williams is a worthy, like if you're in a really deep league, multiple flexes, he's somebody that could be interesting. He's a borderline top 40 running back when they're going to mix him into the game. Look, you're starting walk-ins every week. I think Miko Harmon's an every week flex play at this point, at least until Tyree Kill comes back. Deep leagues to Marcus Robinson, although again, his spectacular corner of the ends on one-handed catch maps the fact that he wasn't targeted anywhere near as much in that last game. He's going to be a little bit boomer bust. You're starting Kelsey every week, but... On the Lions side of things, I agree with you, Paige. Stafford's my QB 13 this week. Yeah, I like so Stafford. It's a very good chance that you have, if you've drafted Baker Mayfield, for example, or you had an injury somewhere, this is a really good spot to play Matthew Stafford. Carry uh, on Johnson, RB7 this week. I think uh, he didn't have a great game last week, but he had volume, and that's what we've been waiting on. We've been waiting on the Lions to finally give Carry on Johnson volume. Chiefs don't stop anybody. So I'm hoping that volume turns into a true RB1 this week. Kenny Galladay is a low-end wide receiver one. Marvin Jones should be in your flex play this week. Hawkinson, tight end nine. I mean, you're going to start – you want a piece of somebody in this game yeah. somewhere. I had uh, I had Ben Roethlisberger, as you guys know, in one of my leagues and obviously had to drop him, picked up Josh Allen to play last week. I am starting Matthew Stafford this week over Josh Allen because I do not like the matchup for Allen against the New England Patriots defense who's been really good this <clears throat> thus far. So I think there's a lot of people that are kind of in in my category, right, where you got some of these guys that you might have had Ben, right, and or you might have had Cam Newton, so you're now, now you're struggling to find who you're going to play. This is a really good matchup for Stafford, and yeah. he's available in a lot of leagues. I saw even this morning still over 40% of leagues. He's still available. It's a really good matchup. I like I like Stafford a lot this week. Uh, Chiefs in the cover, if I didn't say that yeah, at some point. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs cover as well. Uh, L.A. Chargers going on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. They are a 15-and-a-half-point favorite going on the road to play Miami. We're going to see a lot of double-digit uh, spreads as we have thus far. This is uh, a little lower than the other ones we talked about, but still, this is a huge spread in this game. Jake, do the Chargers go into Miami and get a much-needed victory because this team has not looked good thus far? Yeah, look, they're still led by Phillip Rivers, so I don't care that they're coming across the country in a long flight. The Dolphins are god-awful. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, man, that's a trap game. Who's going to trap them? It ain't the damn – it ain't the Dolphins. No. no. I mean, I, I got them covered. I got 34-17 Chargers. I think they go down there. They get it done. Phillip Rivers is – he knows his back's against the wall with his career. And he knows he still has a window if this team can get healthy. If they can get in the playoffs, they can maybe make a run. You cannot not go down there and take care of business and really get this thing rolling this week. I expect a big day from him. I expect a big day from Keenan Allen. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Melvin Gordon is active. Um, that's – he did report and all that stuff. That's exciting. We'll see. I, I'm not expecting anything from the Dolphins that I haven't seen yet, and that's been garbage. 
Well, you are expecting something we haven't seen yet. That's a two touchdown game for Miami. Yeah, <laughs> true. true. So we'll see. If, we'll see if they got. I think they're averaging five points per game. So let's see if they can get into double digits. This yeah, week. it'd be yeah. exciting. Can they get? Can they break ten? Jamie, what do you think is going to happen here? Obviously, now we talked about Melvin Gordon come back. Want to pat ourselves on the back that we kind of called that he was going to come back from the very beginning, right? A lot of people thought he might sit out even longer. He's back now. Is this the last week that you enjoy the Austin Eckler show? Uh, and what's your long term outlook now? Obviously, knowing Melvin Gordon's going to be back. Yes, at its current capacity. Eckler's my RB four this week. Ooh, I like that against Miami. And yeah. like Justin Jackson's a flex play this week. I mean, they're playing the Dolphins. Like that West Coast East Coast thing matters when you have two NFL teams playing. <laughs> that, that's when that matters. Yeah, the, no. th- this is not one of those cases. But look, we are. It, it's so weird to me that people don't seem to know what's going to happen in LA. Like Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson weren't in this backfield last year, and we saw exactly how they were going to use these players. That is how they're going to use them. Anthony Lynn came out and said, that's how we're going to use them. Melvin Gordon's going to be our starter. We're going to mix in Austin Eckler. They'll find a couple touches here and there for Justin Jackson, but he's going to be mostly relegated to the bench. This is how they used him last year. So I was fortunate enough to own all three of those backs last year, so I got an idea. Melvin Gordon's going... He won't. I don't. I won't rank Melvin Gordon as an RB one his first week back, but he will be there as he gets yes. a couple weeks under his belt. Austin Eckler's an every week flex play. Justin Jackson's a great handcuff to have, and that's what they're going to be. We know that. We have empirical evidence that this is what it's going to be, and I, I imagine that's what it's going to be going forward. So let's not freak out with too many think pieces about this. Austin Eckler only had like nine carries last week, so let, yeah. let, let's. That, that was that train was coming back to earth after they got back from Miami regardless of the situation. But Jamie, it'll be really interesting also, sorry to cut you off that like this this is the perfect situation of Melvin Gordon practices today and is in shape like Zeke was and is ready to play and you're playing the Dolphins. You'd get him some carries in the second half. It would be interesting. It doesn't seem like they're gonna do that, but I agree with you that that would be the scenario when you're up three scores, four yeah. scores in the, in the second. If I was them I'd want to see what I had. So I would throw him in and get him five or six, you know, throw a screen pass, get four or five carries, you know? It's like a preseason game in an essence. Yeah. So get him it out is. there, get him out. I could see that happening, you know, in the third or fourth quarter if these, yeah. this team goes up. Jamie, you think they cover the I only, I only say that because I think it could hurt the other two guys' values that we're talking about just by the fact that they're trying to get him some work. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Don't start – I don't care if he's active. You're not starting Melvin Gordon this yeah, week. No, no, no. no, no. But, That's not – yeah. Um, Wide receiver rise, Keenan Allen, wide receiver two. Love Keenan Allen this week. Uh, he's been sneaky, really awesome this year. I mean, he's like might be like the number one or number two receiver in fantasy so far. Uh, and then if he plays, keep an eye because he's missed the last two weeks, uh, last two days of practice. But Mike Williams, this is an opportunity for him to have a breakout game, but that back is still bothering him and he's missed practice for the last two days. So keep an eye on him because I would yeah. not be shocked if that's a, if that's a surprise game game time decision inactive yeah I am I have Michael uh Mike Williams in two leagues and I have to pay very close attention to that it's one you're gonna want to watch he's met two straight days of practice he's been sitting out not great sign although this is you looked at this matchup and you went oh please play in this game uh probably a good opportunity for her to him to sit out and get healthy because they're probably not going to need him so think that they they know that too so be careful with that one All right, the New England Patriots going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. This division, the two top people here tied at the top of this division, both undefeated. Patriots are a a seven-and-a-half point favorite going on the road to play Buffalo. Uh, Jake, do you think the New England Patriots take care of business and keep the train rolling? Yeah, I do. I got them 28-20, so just barely covering that. I think the Bills hang in there. The the Bills offense has been sneaky solid. Uh, Allen's been good. And their defense has been really solid, and they've stopped the run. All that means is I think Brady has a pretty solid day. 
even though they got some good corners. I just think that the Patriots are just so good at scheming up what you're going to see. I think Brady has a solid day. Um, and I mean, the bills are three and zero, but they have, they haven't played anybody that has a one a game. So that it doesn't tell me a hell of a lot. The Patriots have looked as the, the best team in the NFL by far. Their defense we talk about every week is maybe the best one I've watched in 10 years. And they just look damn good. I think they go in there and get it done. I, I do as well. I mean, seven and a half was enough to give me pause that, that little hook there, but I think they'll get it done, but I agree with Jake. This will be a close game. You know, I'm interested to see really one person in particular in this game, and that's Sonny Michel. He's had a very disappointing season. He's been losing carries to Rex Burkhead late in games. I want to see how he's used. I have him ranked as like a mid-level RB2 this week, and I feel like I'm too high on him. Yeah. uh, Just based on the way he's been playing this year. I think you got to start him in here, whether it's your RB2 spot or your flex spot this week, but definitely someone to watch. Uh, and then middle of the field, seeing how James White and Julian Edelman are used. Edelman's going to be banged up. He's probably going to be out there, but he let's see how banged up those ribs are. Uh, and if he has to miss some time or he's playing more decoy, uh, James White could have a really big game here. I think Rex Burkhead's worthy of, if you're desperate in really deep leagues and with a double flex, that he's somebody you might be able to put in that second flex spot from week to week. He's going to get some of his carries. You know, Josh Gordon's a wide receiver too. I like Dors, Philip Dorsett, but just not to play this week. This is not the matchup for him. He's my wide receiver 50, but somebody should have on your bench. Uh, on Buffalo's side, I would imagine it looks like Devin Singletary's not going to play again, which makes Frank Gore at least flex-worthy uh, in consideration, even though it's a tough matchup. really don't want to play any other bills. I mean, Josh Allen's my QB 16, so yeah. maybe, you know, maybe depending on what you have there. Uh, John Brown, low-level flex play this week. Again, got draws a tough matchup. I'm not buying Dawson Knox or anything like that. So really you're playing your Patriots as you would every week. But again, keep a close eye on Sony Michelle because he's somebody that is in that that like Leonard Fournette, Devonta Freeman conversation of these guys are going to start to fall outside these top the top twenty-four mm-hmm. if they can't produce like they have been. Yeah. Like at some point I'm gonna have to take the reputation and say, look, it's just not happening this year. Yeah, I know we talked about liking Josh Allen before. This just isn't a good matchup, right? That's why I mentioned I'm playing Stafford over Josh Allen this week. This this is what you're going to get, right? There's going to be good matchups. They play Miami and they play the New York Jets twice. And then both of those teams twice, right? You're going to like matchups like that because those are going to be solid matchups. Other teams in the AFC who struggle on defense, you're going to stream him week to week. But this week is not the week. The New England Patriots. Yeah, it doesn't take Bill Belichick to say, I'm going to stop Josh. I'm going to stop the run and make Josh Allen beat me. Yeah. Like, ooh, newsflash. That's going to be the game plan, folks. Yeah. Yes. I, it's, that's bad news for Buffalo. Yeah, that's bad news for Buffalo. And I, I think they, I think, I think New England takes care of business. And I like that 28 20 score. All right. Oakland Raiders going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a touchdown favorite at home in this one. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, a lot of a lot of talk about. I play and, him over Josh Allen, by the way. That, that's okay, another one that that's I would, another one you play. Do you do you agree with that, Jake? Or are you buying into Jacoby Brissett and the Colts this week against the Raiders? Guys, you know I bought into him when Andrew retired. As much as that hurt me, this is still a solid team. Jacoby's a pro. He's been in that offense sitting there for a year. He played really solid the year before that. They didn't win a lot of games, but he was solid. Only thing that concerns me is Ty, and you know Ty is going to play. He's a freaking pro. He plays through everything he did at the end of last year and put up numbers. Um, I think they maybe think they can get this win without him. So that's another one to really pay last minute attention to. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll play. If he does, I think he puts up numbers. Marlon Mack has been phenomenal. I think that continues. This Raiders defense is beat up. Then this Raiders team is just not there yet. I got the Colts winning 30 to 21. I think they get it done. Their front seven has been really stingy, which I've talked about for three years now. <laughs> and they just, they just play really, they you know what the Colts are doing. And Frank Reich is really, become a guy I like to watch. They play really complimentary football. 
their front seven stops the run. They run it well. They play action. They score enough points. They get some turnovers. Like they play complementary football, and it's keeping them in a lot of games. I think they're going. That's going to continue the rest of the year. Yeah, I like the Colts, and I like the Colts to cover in this game as well. Look, I've, I've, you guys, this might surprise you. I haven't been the biggest fan of the Raiders over the last couple of years. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, if you just but, started listening to the podcast, that might be a surprise. Uh, they just they don't look ready yet. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, Josh Jacobs low end RB two this week. They're not throwing it to him. Like they're just not. They're gonna, they're going to use Jalen Richard for that until I don't know Doomsday, uh, which I'm not quite sure. Why. Again, Jalen Richard is fine. I'm just not sure why you you, you put first round capital on Josh Jacobs and you're not going to use him as much as you said you were going to. Tyrell Williams is a low end flex play this week. I own Tyrell Williams, and I will remind you that. He had a very early touchdown two weeks ago, a very late touchdown last week, and that has saved his fantasy days. He would have been a massive disappointment those two weeks. They're just, they're not, there's not a lot of volume for him. So he's somebody that I would sit for any of these other, like, you know, if you're in a 50-50 option for your flex spot, feel free to sit Tyrell Williams. Like, that, that's the guy for me. Like, I'm going to play Wayne Gallman over him, which we'll talk about him later because I have to plant my flag about that argument. But... On the Colts, Jacoby Brissett, QB 14. So, again, him and Stafford, 13-14, right around that range. Yeah, Guys like should probably them. start for you. Marlon Mack, RB 11. I have Hilton down at wide receiver 18 this week just because I think he's going to be banged up and he might sit out a few more plays than he normally would or maybe they get up a lot late in this game and he's not playing as much in the fourth quarter. But if he's active, you got to play him. Uh, Eric Ebron, again, tight end 12. You're in that range, praying for a touchdown. Who else are they going to throw it to? Yeah. No, it's uh, praying for a touchdown is right. I think they take care of business. The Raiders, like you guys said, uh, I won't harp on them too much. They're just not ready, right? We talked about that. We knew that going into the season, uh, and, and that was prior to them losing Antonio Brown and all of the chaos that has happened thus far uh, with that. Tennessee Titans going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. I hate this game. Yeah, I do not like this game either. The Atlanta Falcons are a four-point favorite at home. Uh, this one's, this is one of the lines that I looked at and it's just, I don't know. This Atlanta Falcons team is so such frauds. There are frauds and I just have a tough time buying into them at all. Jake, uh, are you, what do you, I know you don't look at the lines, right? So where do you have this one, uh, this week? Yeah, I had Titans and then I scratched it out and wrote Falcons <laughs> and I left the score the same, but I lost a lot of faith in the Titans last week. I mean, min, the Minstash kicked their ass. It was a bad Bad loss, I thought, last week for them. Um, I got the Falcons 24-21. They're better at home. This offense has been okay. I don't think you're going to see them run it at all. I think you might just see, like, no huddle. Devontae Freeman in the shotgun with Matt Ryan, and we're just going to sling this son of a gun, and that's how we're going to play because we're not stopping anybody. Our defense hasn't played very good. But the Titans have been solid. I mean, I think they're going to run it on the Falcons' defense. Everybody's done that. But I think Mariota's the thing holding me back from saying, okay, this team can be solid, but I really like what they're doing on defense. But they got lit up by the Minstash. So I I don't know. This one I threw my hands up in there. I wouldn't touch it, but I'm going to have to take the home team by three. Listen, Jake, the Minstash might light everybody up, okay? I love the stash. The The Minstash is, I'm all about it. Taking pictures with Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. It's it's getting, the the NFL community is losing its mind about the Minstash. But Jamie, what do you see happening in this one? Uh, I, I don't bet this game. Yeah. Just please do, some, Stay do, away. do something else. Look, uh, the Falcons might not run the ball, and that'll be an improvement on their running game. Like it, it's, <laughs> I don't know what to do with these two teams. Like they're two teams that I just can't, absolutely cannot stand. Uh, Titans side, you're playing two players. You're playing Derrick Henry as a high end RB two. You're playing Delaney Walker as a tight end, tight end six. Like okay, cool, great. Uh, on the Falcons side, Matt Ryan, you're playing every week. 
I, I don't know. Like, don't ask me about the Freeman questions. I don't know anymore. Yeah. I have no idea. Just I'm ask Dirk Cutter instead. You're not going to feel comfortable playing him. He's probably a flex, but you're not going to feel comfortable about it, and you're going to hate yourself, and it just it is what it is. Uh, the, one, the one player I didn't want to talk about was Calvin Ridley, because people are freaking out. Mm-hmm. One bad game, and people are freaking out. I, I, I was literally asked, should I drop Calvin Ridley for Terry McLaren? And I like Terry McLaren a lot, but like... You're not dropping Calvin Ridley. Like, no. stop, people. He's an he's a wide receiver two this week. He's he's fine. Like, stop. Just I've got there's been a lot of Calvin Ridley questions out there, which which reminds me, I don't know, understand how many games in a row you have to play well t- to be afforded one bad game where the community doesn't want to drop you. Yeah, it's like kicker syndrome. Yeah, right. It's like if a kicker misses one field goal now in the NFL, you want, you the fan base is like, okay, well, who else is out there for us to cut this guy for? Yeah, no. Yeah, like Sebastian Janikowski is not going to lose forty pounds in ten years and come back and kick for you. Those yeah. guys aren't walking around the streets. Yeah, no, it's it, that's exactly. I did see a lot of Calvin Ridley stuff, which was a big surprise for me. He was phenomenal weeks one and two. Where you drafted him? Hell no, you're not going to drop him. He's been he's been spectacular. Yeah. Doesn't and make play any him. sense. Play, play him this week. Yeah, play him this week. You got to like Julio Jones and and everybody in that passing game. Obviously, Matt Ryan's to throw picks like just get used yeah. to it that's what this offense is going to look like they're going to throw the ball everybody's going to eat and with the exception of the running game yeah just just look at this falcons passing game a lot like tampa's last year yeah a lot of numbers a lot of touchdowns a lot of picks yeah like, that's what you're going to get and it's going to have to it's all going to even out for you in the end and you're going to be fine fantasy wise they're not going to be fine football wise but you will be fine fantasy wise uh, i'm going to i guess i'm going to take the falcons to the points because they're at home yeah I don't like the yeah Falcons in the points. Fal- Falcons but, laying four, whatever. But don't like, bet this game because it's going to be ugly more than likely. All right, the New York Giants are playing at home. The Fighting Danny Dimes. The Washington Redskins are coming in, and they're a three-point underdog. Jake, obviously, we talked about Wayne Gallman will be starting in this game because Saquon will be out for an extended period of time. What do you think is going to happen in this one? And do you like Wayne Gallman? And do you like Danny Dimes this week? Man, you guys know I was talking about how much I like Danny Dimes watching him in the preseason. I watched him torch my team last week. <laughs> play spectacular. So, yeah, I'm on the Danny Dimes train. I got him winning 27-24, so I'm on the line. I'll bump that to 28-24 so they cover. Uh, their defense, James Betcher made some really good halftime adjustments last week, and I think you'll see a lot of what he did the second half against the Bucks in the first half of this game, and that's rushing four. Maybe blitzing somebody here and there, but not blitzing near as much and playing man. Playing some zone behind it. There wasn't a lot of places to go with the ball. Now, you can run it, but the Redskins haven't run it at all. Now, they've been traditionally a really good running team, but I don't know. I I don't see the Redskins. I think they'll hang in there, but I think Danny Dimes makes enough plays to win. And at home, this place is going to go freaking nuts if he comes out and plays good early. Yeah, he's very lucky that like this start to your first home starts against Washington. Yeah, I mean, of, of all the opponents, this is. I mean, it's not Miami, but it's close. Uh, the, the Redskins, and I like Wayne Gallman, by the way. Started to, to, uh, to answer your question. Loved. I said the other day, I loved him at Clemson. 6'2", 215, runs hard. The first guy doesn't bring him down, catches the ball well, picks up the blitz. He's a nice complimentary piece. Hell no, he's not Saquon, but he's damn sure worth playing in a flex position if you picked him up. Yeah, and like yeah. speaking of the flex, that's what the Redskins all, all are. Uh, Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson, Terry McLaren, all flex plays. I think I think Scary Terry's probably now a weekly flex play. I mean, he's getting a, he's getting a huge point. target share at that point. Uh, from the Giants' standpoint, uh, I have Sterling Shepard wide receiver 28, and I'm probably too low. Uh, he, he should have a big game, Everton Ingram tight end three. Well, I'll talk about Wayne Gallman for a second because this is the one I'm going to have to plant my flag on. Uh, at, a lot of prominent people in the fantasy community are low on Gallman. They think he's a borderline flex play this week, that he was a guy you should only spend like 10 or 15 bucks in fab budget on. 
I'm all in on, on Wayne Gallman. I think he's a high-end RB2 this week. He's my running back 15. Uh, no, he's not Saquon because if he was, he'd be RB1. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to have a lot of play in this game. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Who are they going to give the ball to? Eli Penny? Like, who else is the ball going to in that offense? They're going to be able to run in this game. I love Wayne Gallman this week. This is the one that for the, the, the part of the season where Saquon is out, this is going to be where I have to plant my flag where everybody is talking about Wayne Gallman as a eh guy, and I think he's a legit RB2 on a weekly basis. Yeah, I'm starting him this week. I had to. I, I picked him up, obviously, because I had Saquon, and I like him a lot. This is a good matchup for him. And at the end of the day, when you know you're going to get all of the target share, right, he's going to get all of them touches, all of them. There's no one else to go to. This is a good matchup for him. You know he's going to get the ball. You know he's going to catch the ball in the backfield. And we like this offense a lot more now than we did with Eli. We just we saw it. You have to. There's mm-hmm. Eli was we love Eli, but should have made the decision should have been made a long time ago, right? And and this this will be an improvement for them and you can move the ball on this team as as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. All right, the Seattle Seahawks come into Arizona. Oh man, just doesn't feel the same. Like I used to love talking about this game, but uh, it's no more Bruce Arians and Pete Carroll where they both came to each other's houses and beat each other up, which was fun right. to watch for such a long time. Seahawks are five and a half point favorites coming into to Arizona. And I looked at that and I thought it was low, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> this Arizona team, Kyler did not look great last week. And I think Seattle doesn't have to do much defensively to rattle the cage especially because it will feel like a home game for Seattle because it usually does. Even when the Arizona Cardinals were great, there were always a ton of Seahawks fans at these games. It will be loud and obnoxious because that's what Seahawks fans are. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? I agree. When you said five and a half, I went, man, that's low. I mean, the only team that runs it worse than the Falcons is the Cardinals. And maybe I'm sure they got better numbers because Kyler's running around a little bit, but like, the Seahawks just had a bad loss at home. That is not a good time for them to come on the road, to come down to Arizona. I think Russell Wilson has a big day. I think Disley has a huge day because he's the tight end that's playing the Cardinals this week. But I think Metcalf's playable. I think uh, Lockett is going to have a big day. I think Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He always plays good down there. And I think that defense plays better than they have last couple weeks. But Russell Will- or Kyler Murray hasn't played this simple Pete Carroll defense, right? And a lot of people have thrown it on him. But you're not going to run it at all. So I, you're, I, I can see him getting hit a bunch. I can see him throwing some picks. I got 31-20 Seahawks. I think they, I think they go down there and win it handily. I say the 20 is more of like a last, you know, for late fourth quarter score again because this this Cardinals team just going to keep slinging it till the till the you know, goes goes four zeros. First secondary to get a stop wins. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about this game. No, uh, Seahawks should cover this. Uh, should cover the spread. Uh, you're playing a lot of people in this matchup this week. I think Russell Wilson's QB7, and I wish I had him higher. It's just there's a lot of good matchups. Yeah. Like Phil Rivers is QB6, and look who he, who he gets to go play. Um, Chris Carson's top 10 running back, please, for the love of God, do not fumble this week, Chris Carson. Yes. Please. I'm begging you. Uh, Tyler Lockett's a top 10 play this week. Metcalf, if you're desperate, love Disley. Um, he's, he's a you know borderline top 10 tight end this week. Uh, on Arizona side, I'm actually okay starting Kyler this week. He's my QB 11. Like, if you need to, he's a low-end starting guy this week because I just don't think South Secondary is very good. I think he'll put up some numbers. I just don't have any touchdowns. They, they, he's going to put up numbers between the 20s. 
Yeah, the red zone. The Seahawks are always good in the red zone, and you have to run it down there, and, and they can't. The Cardinals can't do anything in the red zone. Yeah. They're, they're, it's fascinating. Well, because you can't speed. Don't – never mind. I won't get, won't get into the spread. If anybody knows that you don't spread the field inside the five, it's Seattle and Pete Carroll now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, David Johnson is going to get enough catches in this game to be worthy of being yeah. a low-end RB1. Uh, Fitzgerald yeah. and Kirk are both flex, low-end wide receiver two plays this week. Love both those guys. Look, Fitz is the guy they are locking on Yeah, in they the look red zone. for him. Yep. Uh, and Kirk is the guy that's going to get a ton of catches between the 20s. Both those guys are strong plays going forward. Uh, but, again, I first secondary, they get to stop wins. But I, I like the Seahawks in this game. I, I, five and a half seems low. I five just, and a half is – It seems just, like an overreaction to last week. It is an overreaction. And if you've paid attention, if you watch these two teams, you know Seattle always plays well here, period. They always do. They have for the last seven years. Like, they come down here and they play well, and this Cardinals defense is nowhere near where it has been in past years when Russell Wilson came down here and lit it up. All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to play the L.A. Rams. Jake's going to be at this game, so enjoy that one. He'll give us some fantasy tips on this. But, uh, Jamie, the Rams are 10-point favorites in this one. What do you see happening here? Uh, I'm take Bucks in the points here. Uh, I like the Rams. I think the Rams win this game. But the Rams don't, as I think Jake and I have said a million times on the show so far this year, it feels like we're repeating ourselves, but it's true. They just don't look like these world-beating Rams yet. And maybe they're not going to, but they just don't they, – they're good, but they don't look like a great team right now. They still have a lot of kinks that they have to work out. Buccaneers are going to put up points. I think we finally started to see a lot more of that Bruce Arians offense last week. It started to look like things were clicking a little bit more for that team. It started to feel – more like the Tampa team, which I think it's going to be for the next couple of years moving forward. Uh, but 10 points is a, is a I think is a, quite frankly, a little disrespectful yeah. um, for them to be 10 point underdogs in this game. Uh, Jameis is a QB 12 for me this week. So he is borderline starting a startable uh, Barbara Jones. We've told you all season. I don't know. Like J- Jones is the more explosive back, but I don't know how many touches he's going to get in a given game. Uh, Chris Godwin came back to practice today. So it looks like he's going to be all good to go for this game. He's my wide receiver 10 this week. Uh, Mike Evans, wide receiver 13. I'm a little bit bearish on him this week compared to where he is last week. Uh, I think people have overreacted to both sides now, like where people were underreacting to Mike Evans before, and then he had a big game, and now people are overreacting. It's it's a very strange thing. He's startable, but someone I don't think he's going to have a monster game this week. O.J. Howard, I don't know. Shrug emoji. Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, for the Rams – Goff is QB 10, but I don't love it. Like, Goff is doing this thing where he just doesn't want to throw touchdowns anymore, yeah. which is kind of a problem if you own him in fantasy. Uh, Cooks, Cup, Woods, all wide receiver twos. Two of the three will probably have big days. A third one won't. I don't know, roll dice and figure out which one. Yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, it, I, hate, I hate that kind of analysis, but it's true. Like, yeah. these guys will mix and match every week. Sometimes all three will be great, but a lot of times two of them have great matchups and one of them don't. Um, there's not a clear, like, disadvantage matchup that we have seen in certain weeks. You're playing Todd Gurley. I, think, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it, but I think this is a one-score game. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I won't get into the score. I'll talk fantasy. I wouldn't like Todd Gurley. Uh, if Christian McCaffrey and Saquon didn't do anything against this defense, I can't imagine Todd Gurley is going to do a lot. They're going the, the entire game plan is to stop Todd Gurley. Jared Goff hasn't looked great, but I think he has a pretty solid day. You know, And the Rams have played a lot more zone this year than they've played in the last couple of years. So it's not like Marcus Peters and Tlaib are matching up straight up man-to-man. They're playing a lot of zone. They're getting there with the front four. Uh, so it'll be really interesting. I, I mean, if Jameis can figure out where to go with the ball and they can figure out exactly what they have going on, I can't tell you which guy I think will have a big day, but I think Goblin and Evans could both be solid. Uh, and there's going to be some – there's always holes in his own if you don't get there up front. So it, it'll be interesting. I, uh, 
I'm excited to go watch it. I hate that it's in the Coliseum. I can't wait for the new stadium. Yeah. I drove by where it's at last night and couldn't see it, but I, I really want to go by, drive by there while I'm here this weekend. $4 billion. I mean, if you build, yeah. if you build Jerry World for 1.2, what the hell does four get you when you already own the land? Yeah. Uh, that, that's going to be pretty spectacular, so I can't wait for that. But uh, 71 degrees and sunny in L.A. for a football game doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice to me. You'll have to go check out that new stadium and report back to us uh, next week uh, for the podcast. All right, next game we're going to talk about here, Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, yeah, talk about another ugly game. Watch uh, something else. Yeah, watch something else. Does go- this feel exactly like Tennessee-Atlanta or what? Yeah, the, even worse. Yeah, this more is so much worse because at least I think Matt Ryan will be spectacular in both ways. Yeah. Like in scoring <laughs> yeah. picks. Like, what a, <laughs> Three point. Gardner Minshew versus Joe Flacco, and who can check it down better? Yeah, three-point favorites at home in Denver. Uh, the only thing I'm interested in is the mustache. That's literally the only thing I'm interested in this football game. Jake, your thoughts on this one? I'm interested in the mustache and the shark because that's been a pretty good combination. Yes, DJ right. Chark has played really well all season, but really the last couple weeks with uh, with the stash. I think they got some chemistry, I and mean, this was a tough one to pick. I, I went back and forth, and I went, man, Denver's a really hard place to play. It's a rookie, but this rookie's different, man. This is like Baker with less care. I mean, this dude. <laughs> yeah, and does it talk? And I think that, I think the Jags' defense is yeah. legit. The Broncos haven't done anything. I'm going to take the Jags and go with this. I'm going against my home team trend this week and go 23-21 Jags. All right, Jamie. Uh, I'll go with the Broncos here. Don't feel great about it, but uh, I'm assuming that Jalen Ramsey's not going to play for Jacksonville this week. I haven't fully bought into Minshew Mania yet. I like it. He's playing really well, but like, I it's think a hype we, train. It's, yeah, it's a hype like, train for sure. Yeah, it like, is, but the dude knows where to go with the base. Here's here's what I saw early on in that first game against who are they playing? When he got hurt, um, Kansas City. Kansas yeah. City. Yep. Which is not a great defense. He knew where to go with the ball, and it was very accurate. It was a lot like what I saw from Daniel Jones in the preseason. If that continues. That's 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 those two things correlate to putting up numbers and not turning. He hadn't turned the ball over. Accurate throws and knows where to go with it. It's been solid. I'm not saying he's great, but he's fun to watch and he's been really solid. Yeah, no, the accuracy is legit. I just think his upside is limited. Like I think yes. this is this is the type of sure. he is. But by the way, that's the quarterback that would have won them the Super Bowl a couple years ago. No so kidding. just I mean it is what it is. Yeah. But um, like I like DJ Chark. He's somebody that should be owned in, in all leagues. Leonard Fournette, I I don't know. Like I have him ranked as an RB two this week, and I hate it. Like I just I hate. I, I, I get it. He's been terrible. He was he had one good run last week. One. Yeah, he's he, like it, it. It's it's bad. But the Bron- my concern with the Broncos is you see that stat that they they don't have a, a turnover or a sack or anything through yeah. three weeks. Vic, what's going on, my man? With all that, ta- there's a lot of talent on that Broncos defense. It's not the Bears defense, but there's a lot of talent on that Denver defense for them to have nothing in the box score week after week after week. It's a little concerning to me. Uh, Philip Lindsay is a, a low end RB two. I think Voice Freeman's a flex play. Sanders maybe a flex play, but you, you don't really want to play. I mean, this is a game where I don't want any fantasy shares of. So I love Vic, but the as you well know, my nickname is Petty Page. Uh, the stat line about them not having any turvo- turnovers is so satisfying to me after hearing about how Vic Fangio leaving the Chicago Bears would somehow magically. For, you know, not that there's all that talent on the football field and that Chuck Pagano was going to be coaching, that they would magically not remember how to be the Chicago Bears defense and be nowhere near. So that stat is so satisfying to hear because that's as if Vic was the only reason that the Bears had any success last year 
And oh, by the way, Khalil Mack isn't just Khalil Mack, and you don't really have to do much coaching for Khalil Mack to be Khalil Mack. I, I'm convinced that which is Jamie, which is Jamie's point. Yeah, yeah. that's because I mean, if you're going to say that who has better end pass rushers as a pair, I'd have to say Denver. And you haven't seen anything. Yeah, no, nothing. That's and that's a that's a huge disappointment if you're a Broncos fan, uh, and and has been a huge disappointment for for both of those guys there. Yeah, look, I'm I'm at the point where the Bears could bring in Rob Ryan to coach their defense, and they'd still be fine. <laughs> like at a certain point, talent matters. Like I'm sorry, just talent matters, and uh, I had to get my petty moment of the week in for that. Uh, Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears are a two point favorite at home. Jake, what do you think happens in this one? Uh, this one's tough. This, this should be a really old school, fun game to watch. I wish this was a uh, night game. Me too. Yeah, I do too. I, if the Bears would just run the damn ball like they did at the end of the game the other night, I'd feel so much better about what I'm getting from the Bears. I think they're going to stop it pretty well. I don't think Dalvin Cook does what he's done the last couple weeks, but I think they do get him in space on some screens. And the Vikings defense is just as good as the Bears. I'm going to stick with my Vikings pick and go 24-20 Vikings. Uh, not an easy place to play. A divisional matchup. I think the Vikings just have a little more than the Bears. Paige, what's the Bears record right now? Two and one. Oh, okay, cool. So Kirk Cousins loses this game. Uh, so Bears, <laughs> the Bears cool, baby. Um, I love it, Jamie. Uh, well, uh, so from an now standpoint, uh, look, I'm not playing Cousins in fantasy this week. He's QB. I'm not playing either quarterback no. in fantasy this week. They're 21 and 22. Trubisky 21, Cousins 22. Uh, please play somebody else unless you're in a two QB league. Dalvin Cook's going to get his. Like, uh, is this going to be a, a phenomenal performance? No. Like, it's the Bears. They're going to limit you somewhat. But Cook is going to be involved enough that he's still going to be put up a ton of points. Uh, Adam Thielen's a wide receiver two this week. I think Diggs is more of a flex. Yeah. I'm still waiting to see. I'm not dropping Diggs. People are, like, dropping Diggs. Uh, wait and see. Like, put him on your bench. But, eh. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., not this week. There's a lot of Irv Smith Jr. hype after last week. Uh, I like long-term, but just not not in this game. For the Bears, David Montgomery is a flex play. Cohen is a not play. I'm not yeah. playing Cohen for the foreseeable future. Allen Robinson's a flex play. It's weird. This game doesn't have a ton of fantasy value, but it's going to be an awesome football game to watch. Again, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins on the road against a, a good uh, – at least a good defense. I'm not sure it's a great team, but it's a great defense. Yeah, and I saw it's it's implanted in my in my memory how when Minnesota desperately needed a victory and the Bears did not need a victory, the Bears just absolutely annihilated Kirk Cousins. Both games they played him last year. He cannot handle himself when he's getting pressured, and they are going to blitz the hell out of him all day long. The th- the only difference with that is Dalvin Cook. For sure. If you're going to blitz him, if you're going to blitz him, you got a chance to get him in space. For sure. Man, one on one, and he could take it to the house at any moment. Absolutely. I just I have a lot of faith that Kirk Cousins just cannot take care of business against good football teams, and I think the Bears are a good enough football team, especially on the road, that they'll take care of it. Uh, it's a close game. Twenty three twenty. Bears get a victory at home against the Vikings. Uh, Dallas Cowboys going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. This is this would have been such an epic game if Drew Brees was playing in this game. And I know Teddy Bridgewater played, you know, good last week and they got a victory against Seattle. But man, when I looked at Sunday Night Football initially when they released it, I looked at that matchup and went, man, that's a fun one. That could be an NFC Championship game preview. And it still could be. Right? And it was the first real test. I mean, it's still more of a test, but it's the first real test for Dallas. Yes, first real test for Dallas. Uh, I, I saw an interesting stat this morning that initially when fantasy analysts had looked at this game, they had thought, okay, this will be the first real test. Uh, but Marshawn Lattimore has actually graded out as 
very, very bad this year, which was actually really surprising. I haven't watched the Saints he's, that closely. He struggled this year, but he's still a, a premier talent. So, but obviously, without Drew Brees, this isn't going to be the same game when we had initially looked at it. So, the Dallas Cowboys are three point favorites going into the Dome in New Orleans this week. Jake, what do you think happens in this one? So here's the deal. I mean, the the Saints are getting all this credit for going to Seattle and winning last week. And it well, you got to give them credit for that. But they're not going to get a punt return for a touchdown. They're not going to get a defensive score for a touchdown. Other than that, they did nothing yeah. offensively. Teddy Bridgewater was 170. Everybody saw him at Kamara had a big day. He was okay. He averaged four yards a carry and was right around 100 yards. They didn't do anything. Other than their defense gave up 500 to the Seahawks. Yeah. Now, last year, they started off slow, and then they got really good on defense for a while, and they were number one against the run for most of the year. But if you go back two, three, four, five years, they were breaking records for the worst defense in the history of football. And this defense has been bad, looking a lot more like that than they did last year when they played well. This defense has issues. This offense has big issues because they still don't know who the number two option is at receiver, which I've said all preseason. I got it 28-24 Cowboys, so I got them covering. I think it'll probably be worse than that. I think the Cowboys go in there on prime time with this high fly and everything they got going on, and they put it on them pretty good. I, I agree. I like the Cowboys in this game, and I think they easily cover this. Uh, this is one of the ones where they're, the Cowboys are doing a really great job of pulling a, a Bill Belichick Patriots playbook of finding ways to manufacture hate when you're 3-0. Um, and talking about how everyone's saying, oh, they haven't played anybody. Uh, they're talking about an us-against-the-world mentality inside the Superdome. All, all this BS, it isn't actually out there, but if they believe it, it matters. Yeah. Uh, and look, Zeke's going to have a monster day on yeah. this defense. The Saints defense that, that, defense that has been playing so far this season has been terrible. Just flat-out terrible. Maybe they get better like they did a couple years ago, but right now that defense is terrible. Uh, outside of Alvin Kamara, they're really not being able to move the ball a ton uh, on offense. So, yeah, look uh, – yeah, Marshall Lattimore's on Amari Cooper, and Cooper's banged up a little bit, but, you know, whatever. Like, Lattimore's been beat all season. So, and again, even great corners get beat sometimes. Like, yes. This is not the NFL of three or four years ago where they have, where, you know, we have Revis and those guys that are literally shutting down true number ones. The number, the true number one receivers are still winning yes. over the number one corners in this league, and we have seen it. We saw it in week one with Jalen Ramsey. We've seen it, uh, you know, with, with – with others this others over at the course of the year, like Julio Jones over Xavier Rhodes. Like, we have seen this happen. Uh, Dak's a really good play this week at QB5 for me. Everybody else is kind of like Witten again. You're searching for a touchdown. If you're in that range with, like, Eric Ebron, Hawkinson, you're, like, searching for a touchdown. By all means, start him. Uh, Latavius Murray's droppable at this point. Michael Thomas is going to get his. That's really it. Yeah. I, this game. I actually like Dallas quite a bit in this one. I saw that three points and I said, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. If you actually watched most of that game in Seattle last week, you saw exactly what Jake saw, right? Where you're going, they gave up so many yards to that Seattle Seahawks defense or offense. And if they hadn't, Chris Carson doesn't fumble the ball twice in that game, right? They don't give up special teams touchdowns and it's a blowout for Seattle, right? I know that's a lot of, okay, well, if this and this, but if you watch the game, Teddy Bridgewater didn't like go out and blow out that team. And I, I think, you know, it pains me to say the Dallas Cowboys are just a really damn good football team. And this, they're going to have a lot of people at this game. They travel well. It's not that far. And I just think this train is going to get rolling. And Jamie and I talked about it a lot last year, and he brought it up this year, and I'm glad that he brought it up. That manufacturing storylines 
BS that Tom Brady does like nearly every year. I can recall him on Sunday Night Football last year going, nobody believes in this team, and we know we're a great football. And I'm going, Tom, everybody believes in you. You're the greatest quarterback of all time. Nobody doubts you, right? I kind of almost feel like we're going to see Ezekiel Elliott and 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 Dak Prescott in a, in a, game, in a press conference afterwards doing a lot of the same crap. You guys thought we didn't play anybody. You got everybody didn't believe in us. Blah blah blah. And we came in and we we took care. And I'm gonna go. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't believe any of that. But sure. Yeah. Whatever you guys. As long as you do. As long as you do. That's all that matters. And it and it's happening in Dallas. And if you're like you know most of the country outside of Dallas and you hate the Cowboys, uh, just you know just deal with it because this is what it's going to be. The Dallas Cowboys are a really good football team. and Just remind them they've only won one playoff game in 20-something That's years. a good stat. See, that's a great way to end this podcast uh, and and deliver something to the fans that, you know, they can use against Cowboys fans. Any parting thoughts, Jamie? I'll let you go first. I got my lock of the week that I want to share. Oh, I love it. Lock? Teaser. Okay, lock of the so week. So I did a six-point teaser on the overs for Seattle, Arizona, and Casey Denver. So Seattle, Arizona, over 42 KC De- uh, Detroit over forty nine. Yeah, I like both of those. So that yeah. that is my that is my lock for this week. Lock of the week, uh, Jake. You got any parting thoughts over there? Yeah, uh, sorry, my energy level's a little low today. I'm feeling a lot under the weather, but the show must go on. We're all gamers, so I'm glad we got it in. But uh, looking forward to a good weekend of football and seventy one and sunny in LA for my game on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, you powered through, man. You did it. Uh, bring those bucks. Good luck. Uh, we'll, well, I'd like to see them, uh, take care of business, man. It would be fun to see. I love a couple upsets, right? I, I don't think that's, I, I'm always rooting for chaos. If you follow along in the podcast, you know, that's what I'm rooting for. Uh, but I think a lot of the home teams take care of business this week and week four, and we start to see a little separation potentially in some of these divisions. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. And you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. And check out thedraftnetwork.com for all of our content. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.